Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everyone. Chuck Bonnell, Julie Hayden on our Halloween special show. That's right. <laughs> uh, Too straight up. Too straight up. Brought to you by? Brought to you by uh, Mountain West Wellness, um, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine and Dr. Jack Schaefer, along with Denver Centigenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. That's right. And we're going to have Dick Morris on as part of our Halloween special. But before that... <laughs> That's right. We're going to start off with Casper Stockham. Um, everybody Casper knows, the Friendly Ghost. Casper, we don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> grassroots activist. I mean, everybody knows who Casper is. Casper, um, thank you for the show. Um, before we get, I know you've got an event you wanted to talk about. You've been doing an incredible job working with the Heidi Ganahl campaign. Why don't you maybe just give us an update on how things are going there? Yeah, so the update is, I wish we had more runway because we are making some major strides in the communities um, that are typically non-Republican communities. Uh, We're getting endorsements from the, well, we have the endorsement from the Ethiopian community. And I think that the um, the African immigrant community is going to be the community that brings the other communities to the table. It's kind of, it's kind of backwards in a way, but you know, they're the ones that are closest to the um, countries they left, you know, being in turmoil and being in um, some of them in a communist type environment. Um, and they come here and they're like, uh, no, actually, these guys are saying what, you know, what we're thinking. Yeah. Uh, they're very, very conservative, very uh, family oriented, very business oriented. And they're finding out that the Republican Party is far more in line with their wow. beliefs than the Democrat Party. So um, a lot of African communities are, are leaving the Democrat Party or the, or the plantation as we've talked about before. <laughs> Um, and they're going to wind up leading the the, the American um, um, black community or American African American whatever. The non-immigrant community. They're going to be uh, yeah. So so we have launched Black Voices for Heidi and Danny. I've talked about this a little bit before. Uh, we have a Spark Plan, which I've talked about as well. We're going to have a meet and greet and Q and A regarding that Spark Plan. And we're going to have that on Wednesday evening, this, the 2nd of November. Uh, and we're going to have uh, a bunch of folks from the, Ethian, uh, from the um, Ethiopian community, along with other Black conservatives that are in the area. Some of them are going to be coming from as far as Pueblo and then down from um, uh, Loveland and, and, and Greeley up north coming down to this event. So it's going to be a pretty exciting night. This is history in the making, guys. This has never happened in Colorado before. So this is history in the making. And so it's Wednesday night. Where and what time? And if people want to get a little bit more information, where can they go? Absolutely. So it's going to be at the Ethiopian church off of uh, Colfax. I think it's called St. Mary's Church. Okay. Um, The exact address is on the RSVP link. And we want them to RSVP because uh, the space is limited. It's not outdoors. It's going to be inside. 
the space is limited, so we kind of need to know how many people are going to show up. Um, they can easily get to the link by going to HeidiForGov.com, HeidiForGov.com, and then click on events, and they'll see there are several events listed. Heidi and Danny have been crisscrossing the state, um, getting great crowds showing up. Uh, the last one in Highlands Ranch, we had over 400 people show up. Wow. For, for just a meet and greet, right? Wow. And just like a little rally. Right. Yeah. Well, what do well, you-, uh, well you know, I'm interested because I went to Heidi's very first one. She mm-hmm. held up in Westminster um, at, at a big bar and restaurant and so forth. And it, it was pretty tepid, pretty bland. That's it, it was... Uh, Keep talking. <laughs> the dog, the dog is is barking for Heidi, um, <laughs> but but and you know she came out with a campaign about beautiful Colorado, which was just awful. And yeah. somewhere in the middle of this campaign, or later, she found wow. her she found her chops. She got a great v, uh, lieutenant governor, um, yeah. and really started going after. Uh, finally, someone going after Polis. Yes, um, and I really I don't know if she got I, I know she's gone through a few campaign managers. So uh, whoever the latest one is, is, is much better than the usual Walker Stapleton surrender crowd. Um, and I, I, you know, I think there's probably even more enthusiasm if in the Republican side. Anyway, if you had somebody other than Joe O'Day talking about how he's going to campaign against Donald Trump all the time, which yeah, is yeah. maybe the dumbest thing I ever heard a Republican say. Uh, who's trying to kill his own campaign and all the people in the tickets with him. Yeah. Her current, her current campaign manager is, his name is Asa Dyer. He's also my boss. <laughs> uh, but he's been doing a really good job. And yes, the campaign has been going after Polis. I'm so proud of Heidi and the campaign for actually, you know, going on the offense. Yeah. And that's right. what this, and that's what Black Voices for Heidi and Danny is about. This is an offensive move. We're not sitting back waiting and hoping and praying that the Black community, Hispanic community, women, whatever, uh, military, all these different entities, we're not hoping and praying that they see the light and just vote for us. We're going after the vote. We're actively going after the vote. And Danny and I both, and Heidi, have been in the communities talking to people who typically don't vote for Republicans, Heidi was at a church event on Sunday yesterday. There were 800 Hispanic individuals at this church, 800. Wow. Wow. And, and it wasn't just, you know, her just standing up and waving. She spoke right. at, the, at the church. So, so we're making great strides, but, you know, we have, what, seven days left or whatever yeah. it is, something yeah. crazy, eight days left. So, so we're running out of runway, but we still have time to make some big splashes and that's what we plan on doing Wednesday night. Um, I'm hoping the event, I'm not sure how it's going to be videoed or live or anything like that, but we're definitely going to have audio and video to share with people about, um, you know, about the right. Black Voices for Heidi event. Put, put that up in it. Well, yeah, I, I, again, you know, I'd like to say she's won us over. She's won me over. No, right? she won me over too. I'm not, right. I was at first very hesitant to, to really want to back her at all. I mean, yeah, yeah, I hated yeah. her beautiful Colorado garbage. Um, and uh, finally, somebody who would be a fighter, which is what the Republican Party wants. Right. I'm not sure why they think we want we want Joe O'Day's telling us that Democrats are right on abortion yeah. and right on on uh, amnesty. And I mean, go, oh yeah, yeah go, 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 yeah, that's great. Give us some more Democratic lines. I mean, it's just yeah. amazing. But Heidi, 
uh, as I said, somewhere in the round, go, oh, I get it. They want somebody to fight for them. That's right. <laughs> and she didn't right. back down. I love the way she handled Channel 9. I love the yeah, way she handled yeah. the whole furry thing, which I don't know if people have noticed or not. Of course, you know, the mainstream media didn't report it. But after Jeffco School said, oh, no, we don't have any furries no, here. No, no. From watches of emails and pictures and things like that. I mean, Jeffco just flat out lied. No, there's a shot. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, but Heidi, she didn't back down. She didn't apologize for offending furry parents or whatever. I mean, it was, you know, so, I mean, she's, she's what we need. And it's, that's great then that other people and other communities are, are uh, kind of seeing that too. Yeah. Yeah. I put a link in the chat um, and this event, even though we are trying to get as many black conservatives out as possible and Hispanic uh, conservatives out as possible, it's not limited to, to people who are not black or Hispanic. As Leo uh, says, anyway, old white guys can come if they want to. <laughs> exactly. They sure can. You know, we're just looking for supporters to come out to help support this event. So, um, but we are looking for people to RSVP, you know, being on the inside track with, you know, with the Heidi campaign, I, I got to tell you, I, I've known Heidi for a long time, but I've never been this close to the campaign before until now. Um, I'm so proud of her because yeah. she is going on the offense. I was at the debate in Colorado Springs and she was sticking it to them <laughs> yeah, left was. and right. You know, so she's done great on the debates. The challenge is without a lot of money, it's hard to get that blasted out and promoted. Right. So right. that's our biggest challenge. Well, but- your biggest challenge is that Phil Anschutz made a deal with Polis and they agreed to support each other. And, and now it's all winky winky and nothing in writing and everything. But, you know, if it wasn't for Steve Wells coming up with some money, poor Heidi wouldn't have any. Um, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. You know, and she was and she was considered by us on the outside as being the establishment pick, right, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, because because yeah. a lot of the media types were backing her you know mm-hmm. george brockler everybody was endorsing heidi during yeah. the primary nothing worse than a george brockler endorsement <laughs> no. these days if you want to so, kill yourself get a george brockler you know, endorsement you know so she was so she was labeled as an establishment type person however right. they're not backing her like no. you would think the establishment no, would know be backing not. Right, right, right. So, you know, so she needs our help. She needs our support. I've been donating every month ever since I've been on the campaign. I've been, well, I'm sorry, ever since the primary was over. I've been donating monthly, not a whole lot, but, you know, I, I donate what I can every month to her campaign. Um, we're only, whatever, a week away. A week away. She still needs money. So if somebody can, you know, just cut her a check for $100 or $50 or whatever, Send it to the campaign. Uh, we still need money to, to finish this out strong. Her and Danny are just, man, Danny's phenomenal. I, I didn't really know him all that well until uh-huh. um, all well, this I saw him. He out. came up to our Adams County uh, Lincoln Day. It's not Lincoln. Reagan yeah. Roundup. Um, uh-huh. and he was great. He was great. Kind of yeah. quiet yeah, uh, people and just great. He has rolled up his sleeves. He told his wife, you know, I'll see you in in about a month or so. <laughs> I gotta, exactly. I gotta do these, but, yeah. We're busy. Yeah. All right. Well, Casper, so for folks there, the, the link is if you want to go to this event and, and like you said, um, volunteer, or donate, whatever, it's Heidi for governor and that's four is spelled out. So Casper, thank you. I mean, I, I really appreciate you keeping us up on an anytime welcome, particularly in this last stretch to put out whatever Absolutely. final push or event you have. You're welcome here. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, take okay. care. Yeah, thank you. Casper right. Stockham yeah. there. Um, and coming up, we'll talk a little bit more with Dick Morris about, because I know we've had some, and I don't want to get into this debate yet, so hold the debate, um, Chuck. 
um, about, you know, vote now, vote in person on election day. And Dick Morris had a column out, uh, basically, he was saying what Chuck has been saying, and I've evolved into now believing too. And that, you know, Finally, Julia's going, I agree with both of you. You can count. No, you can't agree with both of us. It's, it's one or the other. It's A or B. She'll explain all of that at, coming up at 3.30. But first, I want to talk about the whole Paul Pelosi thing. I love it. Um, I love it. And you racists out there, you bigots and, and deniers. If, if you do not believe that a crazed MAGA supporter in his skivvies jumped over a fence beat all the security beat all the security and no cameras or anything and then and then met paul pelosi who was also in his skivvies so they were equal skivvy off and then they they had a hammer because he was going to assassinate the speaker or at least kneecapper um and he's been posting all these weird um things that have conspiracies been taken down. Yeah, no. that, that all of a sudden don't exist anymore even though when he was faking out the fbi by living in a place that was you know covered with uh, you know anti uh-huh. uh, blm so but here's the but that's mean, the official story and if you don't believe it well then, then you're a, a violentor you're a violentor was, and and margaret brennan margaret brennan talked to matt amer and she's saying don't why don't you take all your ads down and he kind of went, oh, yeah, that's what we well, should do. That was the official story as of five minutes ago. The official story keeps changing. And here's what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Because, you know, I was a police and cop and crime reporter for like 30 years. And I've attended hundreds, thousands, probably of those kind of news conferences and the follow-ups, right? Sometimes, sometimes there is some confusion in the initial things, right? But I just want to walk you through a few things. Because now what's really important, because this ties into some information we're finding out from the Intercept article about how big tech and the government and Homeland Security and the FBI have been colluding and are increasingly colluding to censor. Get together every couple weeks or so. Yeah, like literally. So it all starts, okay, so the police chief comes out. And and he says uh, the information is that there was he with the assailant was in his underwear. Now, if you're now they're saying that's not true. Oh, here's what's going on there. Oh. Okay, here's what's going on there. If you're a reporter, okay, and some police source says to you the guy was in his underwear, you just go guy in his underwear. You go what? Are you kidding me? And the guy goes no. I, I mean that's something you kind of nail down. Oh, maybe the mix of which the, guy was in his underwear. Yeah, no, and so so all of a sudden no, that's not true. Well, I bet you a billion dollars when the truth comes out, they're playing words. By like what's underwear, right? Was it for the loom underwear? Was it maybe he could have worn his gym shorts? I mean, I bet you that's what's going to come out. But what if it comes out? Because now the big development today is the FBI has taken over the oh, case. Oh, thank God we've got the federal FBI, involvement. You know what? Oh, that you means? can trust them. Here's they my, won't lie to you. In, in, in the normal district court, right? If it's the local government, the arrest records, all kinds of stuff are presumed um, open. Okay. In the federal system, nothing is presumed open. Everything is presumed sealed until it's unsealed. So now they have sealed everything. The police chief, when he said that, you know, they've taken this back too. Politico said that people are spreading disinformation. Disinformation. Politico started by quoting the police chief spreading disinformation about an unknown. I mean, we didn't know what was a third party answered the door. Now they're saying, nope, there was, there was no third party. Okay. Let's just look at this because here are the questions I have, and the reporters are not asking these no questions. Kidding. And the reason they're, well, not, they're not answering any questions, they say they won't take any answers, except to keep on leaking to their favorite left-wing sources. They, and they, the leaks change as they try to shift the narrative. If, I mean, they have body cam video, they have security camera video, all of these questions would be answered. And if they wanted to answer these questions, they would have. But the questions do not fit their narrative. I think the questions, 
Who knows? I mean, my, I think it is entirely possible that this was a Tinder date gone bad. Now, Paul Pelosi did indeed get attacked, right? That's true. But, but they're the ones who are raising the question and raising saying it's Trump's fault and it's mega supporters fault, right? If they had just left that alone, then I would say, you know, whatever Paul Pelosi was or wasn't doing, I feel bad that he got attacked, but that's his business. But when they start blaming all of us for the attack, then I think we have the absolute right to know what's the motive. Here are the questions I have, Chuck. Number one, how did the guy get there? Okay, did he Uber there? Did he drive there? Did he walk there? Did someone drop him off? Did Paul Pelosi bring him? I mean, the police know the answer to that question, right? Mm. They would tell us the answer if it fueled their narrative. Right. Number one, when did he get there? Did he was get it there? 227? Well, that's, that when, the, yeah, that's mm. when the phone call came in, right? It must have been very just after the thing. You know, so we want to know that. He got there a couple hours earlier. How did he get in? Mm. This is a multimillionaire person's home, right? It is, she's like arguably the third most powerful person in the world, right? Second in line to the presidency. And we're to assume that that 82-year-old Paul Pelosi stand there all by himself. There's no security. The doors are unlocked. Nobody's watching anything. And some guy just wanders in with a hammer and zip ties. It's like, you know, I don't know. You, sh- you see the window with the broken glass. I don't even know what that has to do with the thing. The glass is broken out. And it's not even clear that those are the doors he came in. Those are just doors that they have pictures of. But if you look, there's like high walls. I mean, he would have had to have a ladder. That's why he went, that's why he didn't want to have too much clothes on. He wanted to be a little light, be able to make a, a massive leap over the wall in his skivvies. The big question is, well, who did let the cops in? I mean, to me... I mean, if there was this third person, well, who the heck is that person, right? But how better to make that person just disappear by saying, no, there wasn't. So then how did that person get in? So this attacker, he's got to be the most polite attacker. Paul Mm. Pelosi says- I need a bathroom break. I need a bathroom break. Okay, cool. And then all of a sudden it's like, ding dong, the doorbell's ringing from the police welfare check. And the Paul goes, hey, look, I got to get that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the the attacker goes, okay. And then what (laughs) we're to imagine that Paul goes, opens the door and says, hang on, I was in the middle of something and goes, back to grab I mean, none of that makes sense. What the chief said originally makes sense. Somebody else opened the door. The door is open. The cops see this going on right in front of them from the threshold. They say, drop the hammer. Paul Pelosi, let's go. The guy smacks him. The police tackle the guy. That makes sense, right? But the fact that somehow the door magically opens, the police go in, but they're still standing there at the threshold. So, I mean, there were so well, do you, many- Do you remember the story- of of when Ron DeSantis just barely beat out the Democratic African American Gillum, and then he was found in a in a hotel room with a pro- male prostitute and everything else. Huh? This sounds amazingly like that. Oh, I know, and it's we had some great. Let me scroll. We had some good comments there, but um, yeah, Paul called him a tax or Ubi. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> says Jim Jackson thinks all right. Um, will the FBI find Paul Pelosi photos on Hunter's laptop? Probably. Exactly. This is from Jim. I think Nancy whacked him. The rest is cover. <laughs> um, was there any mention of a minority head of house call? Then somebody <laughs> says, Paul called him the tax or the Ubi. Yeah, he got in with a mutually known key under the mat. Um, th- there is no motive from Sand. We all know what truly happened. Um, didn't Paul Pelosi also have someone in his car when he was picked up for DUI? Hmm. <laughs> Um, talk about an October surprise. Yeah, this was Elon Musk's tweet. We'll get to this in a second. He's kind of deleted it, but he he raised the uh, 
BS the speculation um, of, of a Tinder date or something like that. No, he, just, he, just, he just said, hmm, are there more questions? Right, he did here. say. From Leo, I see a Haynes underwear endorsement in here. <laughs> From Charlene, LOL, they're definitely losing the narrative. Kinks just keep getting harder to find. Yeah, so I think, you, and again, as a reporter, you want to pay attention what to what they're not saying. They're not saying we don't have body cam video, They're you know, which means they do, of and they're not doing it to us. They're not saying, look, the camera security cameras were turned off right um which means they were turned on so they could see how the guy got there there they they come up first they say he's in his underwear then they say he's not in his underwear well that's a pretty hard turn right um and then they say there was a third person who answered the door now they're saying there's not again all of that stuff is easily answerable and typically the way it would work in a news conference or with a police thing like this is if there were some initial confusion and granted that's happened before about exactly what the story was in that first interview, the, the news conference the chief had, mm-hmm. right? What they do is they don't dribble it out in unsourced leaks to various media. They put out a statement. I mean, I've seen that happen. They put out a statement that says, okay, in the initial whatever of the investigation, we said this, but we now know that this is the truth, right? This is the actual evidence. They're not saying that, which, you know, so there's who knows exactly, obviously, what the truth is. But I find it very suspicious that now the FBI is taken over, which means everything's going to be sealed. The left can keep pounding. Oh, it's Trump. It's Trump. It's Trump. But I think, Charlene, you're kind of you're right there that they, they're losing the narrative. The average person out there, I think, can look at this and go, you know, that just seems a little weird to me. OK, we got Marilyn online, too. OK, hey. Marilyn. Hey, hey, Marilyn, go ahead and what's what do you want to say? Are you there? Well, she dropped off. Okay. okay. Jacob says, I vote food of the loom. (laughs) Hunter Biden wants to know why he wasn't invited. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, and, you know, again, I think, you know, the Nancy, the fact that somehow or another, it's just hard to believe that there was no security there, that this guy could just wander in. No one notices. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that house had a safe room. I wouldn't be surprised if that, I mean, I know when we had an alarm system, well, I still do have an alarm system when we remember to set it, but I mean, there's a button, like a panic button kind of thing you can push, right? I got to assume that Paul Pelosi has a panic button somewhere in there, you'd think. And so you wouldn't have to excuse yourself to go to the bathroom, right? And so, and the other thing is, I wonder, have the cops talked to him or not? Right? No, he's he's still recovering. He's still recovering. Well, exactly. Kind of like the Ramses, right? Yeah. Wait a while before yeah. they talk to anybody. Sooner or later, I know the guy is going to probably already has by now have a defense attorney, but that's oh. another thing transferring it to the federal thing. Yeah. And it just takes yeah, get, a so. not, get a nice uh, oh. public defender, federal public defender. From Leo, when Paul presses the button, the mail escorts call. <laughs> <laughs> and then from Jacob, he was looking for Nancy. He wanted to know where the ice cream bar. Are and Charlene, even common ordinary rich people have safe rooms these days. Yeah, we did a story on that in the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. has a safe room, right? So I just have a hard time false wall back then. Yeah, imagining that there was no security. And, and again, it's what they're not saying. They haven't answered any of those questions. The uh, feds have stepped in, have taken control of the narrative. And my prediction control of the narrative. My, my prediction is they're gonna holler for another couple of days about how it's all. Well, they've been attacking on Sunday shows, they're going. Glenn Youngkin must resign as governor because of his response. 
to Paul Pelosi's attack. He's just not sensitive enough. And yeah. it's hilarious. But it is just hilarious. Sad thing, though. And what do you think of this? There was, a, foolishly on my part, I know, there was a time when I would have kind of trusted the FBI, <laughs> when I would have kind of trusted the cops to do it, right? When you wouldn't have thought, you know, like the FBI wrote in the warrant this stuff about what he said this and he said that, right? Now, you got to ask yourself, would the FBI lie in a warrant? Hmm. Can you say Kevin Kleinsmith and Liza? I mean, of course, but why? You would think would the FBI stop and ask for the security camera video? Hmm. Did the FBI ask the DNC for the CrowdStrike report? Mm, no, no, they no. just report. You know they're going to say to Nancy, "You look at that videotape and you tell us if there's anything any problems or if the Russians have acted. If there's anything that we think. We All right, let's know. go to Johnny from line two. Johnny, you there? Johnny. Yeah, I I just got in. Did anything was mentioned about Jesse Smollett? This yeah, yeah. This, the good old Jesse. Good old Jesse. That's another. This, thing yeah, this sounds exactly like something that they would pull uh, w- without the, the the rope hanging o- uh, across his neck, and it just sounds. <laughs> and, it sounds and, um, unbelievable. You're right. You're absolutely and, 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 right. And, and, uh, and of course, we know Bill Bill Clinton and, and uh, Hillary Clinton have maybe have a arrangement since they're a power couple. They probably mm. have arrangements where, you know, he, he does his thing and she does her thing. And maybe oh, sure. um, Nancy Pelosi have the same kind of agreement. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're a guy, let's just say you're this guy and you're sophisticated enough to get past all of this security and yeah, everything like that. And you haven't bothered to even check if Nancy's home. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, you're right. I think they probably, whatever their marriage was, I believe I them. Know, but I, I believe know. I think that the FBI is going to do its best to uh, lie, cheat, and cover this up until at least after the midterms, and then it'll all go away. And we're supposed to be leaving them to their privacy so they can recover, (laughs) you know. So, but but I can I can imagine the agreement with 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 Paula and uh, Nancy saying, "Okay, I'm going to take a hit for the team." (laughs) There we go. You can hit me in the head, Daddy. Thank you for the call. the call well you know again it's you look at you know you can't this is the bottom line you can't trust the reporters you know with the washington post lie about the hunter biden laptop thing yes you know would the new york times lie would they fail to report important information yes so all of these things that were previously you know you would think oh well we can trust that you really can't anymore so but it's all due julie to the hateful rhetoric of republicans as Margaret brennan pointed out there are lots of ads with that, that that point out Pelosi and that they have to come down in this period of mourning and grief until after the election. Yeah. I mean, it's just no telling the Democratic story of crime and everything else. Okay, a couple other things just to, and, and, and Thomas, if you want to go ahead and you dial up, I, oh, Charlene's saying she won't register her hammer. <laughs> yes. But here's another couple just things just to make you feel good about your government at work. So the U.S. Marshal's have arrested the true the vote people oh, sure. um, who because let's see, it's complicated. So they brought up a, they had a source and they cooperated with the FBI or somebody in basically in Michigan that this uh, soft a company that monitored um, election people, election mm-hmm. people um, was actually apparently selling the information to China. It was right, had, right. China had access to it. The major media jumped all over that saying, absolutely not true. Conspiracy theory debunked. The next day, the next day, they indict the guy, right? So then they file a lawsuit, the company did, and this judge is just outrageous. And the company says that they want them to tell them who their source was, which 
you know, you shouldn't have to do. And the judge orders them to reveal the source. As I understand it, I believe that their attorney actually did tell the other attorney the name. It just didn't come from the true the vote people. So t- today, the U.S. Marshals arrested them for oh, refusing to reveal the source. That's now, your government. Your U.S. Marshals. Yeah. And, and it's like, and the true the vote people have said there's way more to come out on this story. So, yeah, but, 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 you know. But, but, so there's that to make you feel good. And then also the Intercept has a great story too. It's long. It's a lengthy read, but oh, this is from Dr. Donna. I have a bump stock on my hammer. And it's calling Dick Morris now. But I think this is also interesting. In a lawsuit that's been filed against some of the big tech companies, I think by the attorney general or a Republican anyway in Missouri. Yeah, the attorney general. Uh, the attorney Smith general. Running for Senate. Okay. Oh, it's right on both accounts then. Mm-hmm. Um, they, that's unusual. It's been revealed that the collusion between the uh, Homeland Department of Homeland Security and the big tech companies is, is every bit as connected as we thought it was right, and right. even worse. I right. mean, it, it, right. it's clear they were having meetings before the 2020 election. They're having meetings every couple of weeks now. To guard against disinformation. And, and the article does a great job of how... Hey, we've got Morris now. So oh, okay, we've got Dick Morris with us. We've got Dick Hello. Morris, best-selling author, um, The Return, Trump's Big... Um, return in 2024, big comeback in 2024. Hey, Dick, thank you for your time. Once again, welcome to the Chuck and Julie show. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, Colorado, this is Denver, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. The uh, Colorado presents probably the most interesting question of the uh, 2022 comeback, 2022 elections, uh, with Joe O'Day running against Michael Bennett. Uh, ah. I think O'Day might defeat Bennett. And I think the reason he might defeat him is that Trump hates him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember, Trump Trump said, don't vote for O'Day. He's a rhino. He'll, he'll let us down. He'll disappoint us. Well, I think that unendorsement may be the key to O'Day's victory. What do you guys think? No. Uh, O'Day has really brought the ticket down. He's a downer. They got a, we got a great gubernatorial candidate. And if he could shut his mouth a little bit and run a disciplined campaign, it'd have been nice. But he's got a lot of people who dislike him in the Republican Party. He's got a lot of people who dislike him in the Democratic Party. He's got a lot of people in independents that don't like him. But I think, the Dick, you're right in that that's certainly what he is hoping. Yeah, that's what he's hoping. He's just kind of saying that CNN yeah. interview, you know, that that I'll actively campaign against Trump. I, I'm, I do know this. I know there is a sense here in Colorado from some political insiders, and of course no one will know until Election Day, that his polling is bad enough that that was just kind of a Hail Mary kind of thing. Um, figuring, but I don't know. I, I, you know, we'll find out. We'll find days. out. Yeah. But hey, one yeah. of the things I well, uh, he's got, uh, he's he's got, uh, he's not that far behind Ben. You don't think? Okay. Well, let me ask you about this. One of the things we wanted to talk to you about, we've had quite a discussion going on here on our show with our listeners about there are some people who feel like you should not vote early with because we have all mail ballot in Colorado, right? And that you should go ahead and yeah. wait and vote in person on election day. We have been arguing, particularly Chuck, no, get your ballot in now. Against Julie. I come around. Oh. Get your ballot in now so that can help the candidates with their get out the vote effort. And you had a great column on that too. Why don't you explain that? that to folks. Yeah, well, Julie's right. I, I said this in my book, The Return. Uh, I don't necessarily like the new rules that are that you vote yeah. early, but uh, they are the new rules. And uh, it looks like 
we can't afford to go into election day behind by 15 or 20 million votes. Right. When I wrote that column about a week ago, uh, 50% of the early votes were cast by Democrats and 30% by Republicans. Now, since then, because I've been raising hell and others have been talking about it, uh, it evened out a little bit. The Democrats are now at 45 and the Republicans are up to 35. But still, that's a deficit. You take yeah. Pennsylvania, for example. We all watched how Betterman's performance was. And now, obviously, figured Oz is going to win that race. All right, but 14 million people have already voted for Betterman and only a million for Oz. Right, now, we have to project how they're voting because it's a secret ballot. But right. when a Democrat shows up in Pennsylvania and votes early, you got to assume he's a vote for Betterman. So by that measurement, Oz starts off way. <laughs> There's no well, reason it's, for that. It's, it's uh, it's, it's, the, uh, there is concern about stolen ballots, but come on, the answer to that is not not to cast them. Yes. Right, right. Right. Well, there's two things, and, and John Caldera, who's who's kind of Independence Institute here, hit on the other one, um, and I call him the one-eyed man, the party of the blind. Um, but here we have enormous ballot harvesting, absolutely legal. Um, and so the Democrats ballot harvest all three weeks long. They get out the vote. They know exactly who's voted and who hasn't voted. Republicans wait to election day, and they get slaughtered. And it makes no sense. Yeah. The mail-in uh, ballots. No I write in the return that we have to win by the Democratic rules. Yes. And those rules are early voting, absentee voting, mail-in voting. And, uh, and and going door to door. Every right. pizza delivery boy will tell you that door to door delivery is better than eating out. And yeah. the Republicans sort of sit back and wait for election day. It's like the baseball, the New York Yankees and the Atlanta Braves waiting for the three run home run that never came. Yeah. Meanwhile, their opponents scratched out a run here with a walk and a stolen base and a sack fly. And uh, that's how you do it. And I believe the Republicans are falling into the exact same trap as they fell into in 2020. Yes, uh, yes, if you yes. have the chance to vote early, don't do it, for God's sake. How do you know on election day that you're not going to get the flu or that your kids are going to be okay or that in Colorado it's not going to snow? Uh, you can't control any of those variables. And if it's early voting, you've always got tomorrow. But if it's same day, the election day voting, you're stuck. And right. normally you lose 5 to 10% of your vote because of the failure to show up on election day. Wow. So we can't afford to lose those. We're dealing with races that will be decided within tenths of a point each way. And uh, it's outrageous and terrible, uh, tragic really, that we're making the same mistake twice. Well, we love to make the same yeah. mistake twice. We like to make it. Lots of times, and you know, some people I love are recommending this, but I, I just, it, to me, I'm just pounding my head against the wall. Kind no, of going, you, you can, you can, you know, talk about, you know, they've got some anagram or or something else that algorithm algorithm to rig the voting, and they go, well, they if they're good enough to figure it out when you vote on on election day, they can figure it out if you don't vote on election day. And yeah. it, it's just it's it's just like a heavyweight fighter putting his hand behind his back and getting pummeled and going, "What am I doing wrong?" Hmm. Hmm. 
But we are headed right now for this unbelievable massacre and sweep on election day. Yeah. And I hate to see it in terror, but not having early voting. Uh, I think that Walker is going to win. I think Oz is going to win. I think that Laxalt will win in Nevada. And right then, I put 52 seats. And then I think we have a very good chance in Arizona, in New Hampshire, and, uh, and, and, and something of a chance in New Hampshire, which would be 54 seats. And um, I think that, that and we could even go beyond that and win in Connecticut. The Washington State, Tiffany Smiley, the Republican, yeah. is only one point behind Patty Murray in the polling last night. So all over the country, the Republicans are surging. The problem is the Democrats have no national message. The message of the Republicans is clear. Inflation, crime, unemployment. I lay it out in my book, and it's been clear ever since. But the Democrats just thought abortion would be the issue. But then the Republicans came back and parried that. I said, look, I'm not for changing the law at all. Uh, I don't believe in a federal mandate, and uh, I won't try to change Colorado's law. So everybody who lives here uh, who wants to protect the right to an abortion is going to say there's no point in my voting for this. I'm going to vote on inflation and the economy and the other stuff. How many seats do you think the Republicans will gain in the House? I think north of 60. North of what? 60. Wow. Oh, wow. All right. That's really good. Well, and, and Governor C2, yeah. it's looking good. And I think sometimes, given how things go, I that's. Gonna, I think we're going to win New York, uh, take away governors in New York, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, Nevada, and uh, North Carolina. I think those wow. will all be Republican takeaways. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let me ask you this, because I know you've in previous shows, you've mentioned that you talked to Donald Trump. What do you make of the, you know, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis thing? They keep still trying to play that up um, as, as as a thing, yeah. as a feud. But I know previously you said, no, that's just a, a ruse or I guess that that's sort of a narrative that the liberals are pushing. What's your sense on how that's what's going on with all yeah. of that? It's the old strategy of let's you and him fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, their hope is that they can uh, split the Republican Party and cause the same kind of wounds that in 1980, when Kennedy ran against Carter, split the Democratic Party and allowed Reagan mm-hmm. to win. But uh, DeSantis is not falling for that. He knows that if he runs for president, Trump is not going to step aside. He's not the recalcitrant sort. And he knows that he has to go into a bloody, bruising primary that he'd probably lose, as yeah. opposed to waiting until 28 when he could just walk into the nomination. Wow. So I think that that's what can happen. I think Trump will not face serious opposition. But I got a funny thing to tell you. I remember talking to him the other day by phone, and I said, you know, you're going to win this nomination unopposed. Nobody's going to run against it. And he said to me, I'm going, I don't know, some spaghetti or something. <laughs> That will have to translate to your Colorado voters the meaning of the word spaghetti. You better leave it to your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Dick, I know we have to let you go. Where can people um, get you, you know, get your book, um, read your columns, right. et cetera? I have, not, I have not been 
I think he would probably say, buy the book. Buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know. <laughs> um, hey, Thomas, we don't need to get him back. If you just tell him, thank you. Because um, I know he has to go anyway. So he would just say, buy the book. So it's dickmorris.com. Um, I, I got to say, I, I don't, maybe he's right on Colorado and Joe O'Day. I don't, I, I don't think Joe O'Day is going to beat Michael Bennett. Um, I don't think. Um, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, right. Exactly. I, I likewise too. you know, I got to say the other day I had a neighbor say, what do you think about the governor's race? And I said, I like think I use a great candidate. I don't know. I don't think she's going to beat Jared Polis. I think that's just an uphill road to climb. I mean, in part, Polis just does a deceiving job of portraying himself as kind of pro-business and a reasonable kind of guy. I, I, I think she had a great chance we didn't have ballot harvesting. Well, yes, yes, um, that's true, which goes back to your point. Okay, you wanted to talk about, too, we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, you wanted to talk about the Supreme Court. Well, the arguments today, the oral arguments and affirmative action, where a group brought uh, claims against University of North Carolina, as well as a separate suit against Harvard University, claiming uh, different things because North Carolina is a public university. So they're claiming violation of the 14th Amendment, equal protection, and then against Harvard as a private university for taking federal funds and discriminating, which is a violation of Title VI. Um, you know, the, the arguments went as anticipated. The three liberals, uh, particularly Jackson Brown, were attacking the uh, uh, the people for they were were against the uh, affirmative action. Um, but it looked like all of the conservatives weren't buying it. Um, now, what is going to difference is it going to make? Probably none. Because it's so ingrained now, they figured other ways to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. They won't. Just, if the gutter yeah. decision, which was 20 years ago, and the worst thing that... Uh, Justice, uh, oh, what was her name? I forget. The, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor okay. wrote the opinion saying, you know, 25 years from now, we won't need to have this anymore. Well, it's it's 21 years or whatever it is uh, toward that. And, and it's homelessness. Yeah, just like homelessness. <laughs> and so I think it was Thomas that it may have been um, another that just said, well, when are we going to be able to not to have yeah. Uh, this hideous discrimination. And he said, Oh, I don't know. Well, give me a date. He said, Well, I can't tell. All I can tell you, I think we made a little progress. <laughs> well, okay. So over the quarter century, we've made a little progress. And then over the next quarter century, we made a little more. And then, you know, uh, when the country finally dissolves into race wars, we'll be all set. Right. Exactly. Yeah, from Dr. Donna, homelessness has been conquered. No, it will never. If it was conquered five, 10, 15 years ago under Hickenlooper. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Probably it won't make a difference, but it will be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, we were talking earlier and to me, okay, there's discrimination. You don't want discrimination, but when affirmative action turns into flip-sided discrimination, I mean, that doesn't. Well, you decide, okay, we don't like Asians too much because, you know, yellow peril, I guess. So they're out. White males are out. 
White females are sometimes in and sometimes out, but we really like brown skin and black skin, and that's transgender that's people. Transgender being people. Being gay doesn't count for anything anymore. No, they got to be transgender. You got to be able to go under the knife if you're going to get some special <laughs> treatment. Really well, and again, all of this time at a, coming at a time when you got to wonder, you know, what's the point sometimes of a college education? You know, in many ways, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's where they sort of, unless you want to get indoctrinated, you know, oh, yeah. I think um, is part of thing. Get your English degree. Speaking of that, that was somebody had it was on Greg Gutfeld. I'm, I'm segueing here, but you know, talking about Elon Musk is continuing to freak everybody out. Um, he dissolved the board, so now he's the sole head oh, of, of that. Those and, board positions are great. Because yeah, yeah, I, you know, where I was kind of wondering, that's great that he's saying all this stuff, but what's he really going to do? So, um. Uh, John Solomon, who he's got a great website, Just the News. He, he founded the Hill, but they kicked him out because right, right. he's conservative. Too, too conservative. Um, they had a story that was an it was a story about an, an investigation going on into some outrageous ballot harvesting, right? In where Florida. was it? Florida, right? I mean, there was an eyewitness that was this was an actual investigation. It was just a straight story reporting on the investigation. And Twitter fact checked him and suppressed it, right? And you know, labeled fact it check, yeah. yeah, labeled it misinformation. So he direct tweeted to Elon Musk and said, Hey, look, this is this is you know what's going on here. Musk tweeted back, I'll look into it and then boom the next thing you know it was uncensored it yeah. was it was back up and one more um, person out the door and yeah yeah exactly so you got to think in the meantime then elon musk has also been tweeting this stuff showing um that at least emails that could be interpreted as showing that twitter was deliberately lying to him and to the courts which about- is the basis for him not paying right the, the awful top execs 20 to 70 million dollars and they're going no seeming to uh, stick to what he said he was going to do. Right. And uh, again, it's it's like the liberals, you know, they wrote him the letter. The employees are saying they demanded dignity. And then, you know, but it goes and Greg Gutfeld can't tip at a push. He goes, that's because they all went to college where they would hold a protest and they would not have speakers come in in college. They were told, oh, that matters. You know what I mean? If you want you want to be treated with dignity. I mean, you're the employee. You've got a new boss. And the first thing you do is go into his office with this list of demands after calling, you know, human garbage with a list of demands that are incredibly stupid. Can I say all those names, please? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I want to get everyone who signed that. Yeah, so I can be sure to handle thank the correct them. Thank them with a termination notice. Like all freaking fires. So, and then the other thing he's doing that's freaking out the blue checks to go on Twitter they give you a blue check. That's like they verify you and you're a trusted person, trusted a trusted source. source, and you are who you say you are. And the reason that matters is in their algorithms, those tweets are going to be seen more and they're going to get played up higher, right? Um, we do not have a blue check. Um, and, you know, actually, because we've started it during the pandemic and they weren't blue checking anybody yeah. then. But what Elon Musk said he's going to do, there is a super blue check thing where you have to pay $4.99. He's going to say, if you want to be a blue check, you have to be a subscriber. So you're going to have to subscribe and it's going to be $20 a month. And they're going, what? What? They're freaking out about that. And it's like he's trying to turn the company profitable, not being run as a secret source for the government. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're freaking out about what do you mean? And then because they're saying 
So if you pay your twenty dollars, you get a blue check, and he's basically saying yes. Yeah, more or less. It's like, well, what about all those stupid conservatives? We're going to get blue checks then. So it's just been kind of funny watching the evolve. I know we have for the first time stopped losing followers. We were suddenly losing followers, and not just us, right? And now we're gaining again. So it's just he seems to be doing what he said he was going to do. Yeah, driving him nuts. And now you understand why he's driving him so nuts that right. all of a sudden they can't have these worky worky meetings with the Homeland Security um and and doj and all of a sudden you have elon musk in there what am <laughs> he yeah. can't be in here right right you know one thing that's kind of just at his high for the last few minutes we were talking about you know, i mean basically what this is is this is government using big tech to um you know, run surveillance on yeah, Americans yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. you know, go out and arrest them and prosecute them and everything like that if they don't like what they're saying. Well, it's interesting how, how and the Intercept article goes in that it started out, so you have 9-11, and then you have the problem of ISIS recruiting uh, members in the United States and elsewhere on Facebook and, and right. other things. So they, they wanted to check into that, and no one really had a problem with that. Uh, but then ISIS went away after Trump got rid of them in their little uh, uh government in in iraq um so they needed a news source so they're all oh, russian disinformation oh that would be a good one i'm gonna stop them remember that facebook had those facebook ads that, <laughs> spent 40 dollars yeah, for 40 15. bucks and so forth yeah. and then they're going oh yeah but now we're getting covid misinformation and now we're getting trump misinformation but but it beautifully just kind of you kind of go how it goes from something like, yeah, that makes sense. To quickly, by the time it's it's coming through Obama and Biden, it's really so something got, evil. And you've got basically the deep state telling the big tech companies they're only too happy to do it because yeah. I'm sure they're getting something on the other end. We only recommend. We don't demand. Oh, yeah. When, you're, when the FBI recommends something, you better pay attention. Yeah. Of the- admitted that yeah, right? yeah. the FBI said yeah you should suppress don't don't run don't let anyone comment or run or share that um Hunter Biden laptop story no, like, they said no 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 they what they said there's going to be a big oh, yeah. disinformation Russian disinformation campaign coming out in a day or two and then when when the thing came out, oh that's and, well that's and that's why you know they want to I mean Twitter is a, a powerful force in that big tech thing yes, yes. and it can drive a narrative and they can have your Twitter mobs go after people and if Elon Musk is putting a stop to some of that or at least evening the playing field yeah, right yeah. then that terrifies them because how do how do you control the government I mean how do you control the narrative and how they do you control to- all you people out there it's us right yeah how do you control how do you us. Hey, um, on Wednesday, we're going to have Dr. Brian Dundep on. Yep, he's going to be talking about his prediction. And he's kind of like you. I don't think he's by nature the most politically optimistic guy. Um, and um, he's he's predicting a tsunami kind of thing, too. So we'll talk to him about that um, and see. You know, I mean, I think you look at the polls every five minutes and they get better and better. Literally. Yeah, well, they don't always get better. Sienna, New York Times just came out with a slew of them that showed Democrats winning various ones and so forth. But you'll notice all those. They have to come out now to still influence people. Whereas it gets toward the weekend, then all of a sudden they don't want to be wrong and they won't be able to repoll. And then you'll find out really what the polls are, what they're are showing. showing and stuff. All right. So that'll be on Wacky Wednesday. Um, happy Halloween to everybody. Chuck and Rev are going, this might be the last year. It's kind of Maybe sad. Not. We'll see. No, no, no. Guys, no. They'll be six feet by next year. <laughs> so as tall as me. You're tall. <laughs> be 
he's taller than so you. He's taller somehow. He's taller than, than you. But anyway, the, at any rate, hey, thank you to everybody on Zoom, the great guys at BBS um, radio.com, Casper and Dick Morris. Um, we will see you all. Uh, oh, and one thing to remember, you can catch, I always forget to say this, all of our shows um, on any format at chuckandjulie.com. Chuckandjulie.com. Go check it out if you missed a show or two. Thanks right. very much. We'll see you Wednesday. <laughs>